Welcome to Ostensibly Ordinary Opinions. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ostensibly Ordinary Show. You might have noticed that I am not either John Newman, not neither, not, I'm not John Newman or Luke Rosenbaum. Uh, they're both priorly engaged at this point. Well, Luke is, and John is sick, and he doesn't want to talk. So I am here. And since I'm in charge, I am giving the show a new name, and that name shall be The Jimmy Baseball Show. So, hello and welcome to the newly named Jimmy Baseball Show. Uh, I said I was in charge, but that was kind of a lie, because John is sitting right next to me making me talk about things that I don't want to talk about. And the first thing that I don't want to talk about, but I'm going to have to talk about anyways, is the National Football League. So, what's to say about the NFL? The NFL is continuing to be the NFL. We had some some games on Sunday, as I understand is pretty typical for the NFL. Uh, I've heard that the Packers won very very handily. At least they were up thirty-one to seven at halftime, which I'm sure you know. <clears throat> and the Patriots also won this weekend, so a couple very good teams continuing to impress. Uh, one team that was not impressed this or impressing this week impressive. This weekend was the San Francisco 49ers with a humiliating loss to the lowly Oakland Raiders. Um, so other than that, uh, the Vikings won again on a pretty sweet walk-off touchdown in overtime, so there's that. Um, yeah, so we'll move on now to our next segment, and that will be... Isaac Poppenfuss, a special guest with us here today. Uh, Isaac will be here to talk to us a little bit about paintball. Yeah. Isaac is is the uh, resident paintball expert of the world, so we've actually gone through quite a bit of trouble to get him here for you today. How's it going tonight, Isaac? Uh, very well. I am doing just dandy. Good to hear, Isaac. Very good to hear. Um... So, you play paintball, and are you good at paintball? Um, I'm all right. If I was a little smart, smaller, I'd be a <laughs> smaller target, so I'd have a less chance of getting hit, but I'm all right. Okay. Uh, so, if you were more the size of, say, an Ori Tomford, you think you would be better? Yes, very much so. Okay. Would you be as, as just aggressive and violent as Ori? No, not so much. Okay, that's good, because he's scary. Uh, tell us a little bit about the strategy that goes into playing paintball. Um, well, um, a lot of it is right on the breakout, which is right when the game starts. You either want to get to your bunkers as fast as possible and not get shut out, or you want to spot up on people and shoot them out right in the beginning of the game. It's kind of, you, you kind of try and do one or the other, or if you're just going to go to one of the closest bunkers, you can you can be marking people right in the beginning of the game to try and get them out. Um, and usually right off the break, you can kind of tell which team's going to win because one team got two or three players shot out while the other team didn't get any shot out. And so then you have, once you shoot people out, you have a huge advantage. Um, other strategies, um, you want to keep people pinned down so that your teammate can advance. This is very easy to do if you have more players in the game than the other team. Um, there's also 
Um, snap shooting. Uh, the better at snap shooting you are, the better chance you have of getting the other person out while not getting shot out yourself. Um, there's different types of players. There's back players, excuse me, and front players. Um, back players um, don't necessarily... They can definitely get people out, but usually they're um, for cover fire or suppressing the enemy team. Um, then there's the snake. There's the snake, and uh, the snake is, you know, um, usually a lot of people get shot out when they're going to the snake because it's you have to be pretty aggressive to get there. Um, it can be really advantageous if your team gets control of the snake because then you can really start to flank the other team. So those are some of the strategies. There are different uh, fields you can play on. There's X-Ball, Speedball. And so the fields are set up differently, so that changes your strategy somewhat. But those are some of the more basic um, aspects of paintball. Tell us a little, about, a little bit about the equipment that is used in paintball. Okay, well, if you're going to be um, going for a more professional setup, you're going to want a um, high-pressure air tank. Um, versus a CO2 tank because high pressure air um, does not, the pressure in your tank doesn't fluctuate with the temperature, whereas CO2, if it gets really cold, it'll freeze up your gun. Um, and CO2 tanks do not have an air gauge on them, whereas HPA tanks have a gauge that tells you how much pressure, and they can have more pressure in them than a CO2 tank does. Um, HPA tanks will run you 200 to 120. You, I mean, you could go up to like 260 if you wanted to. Um, and then you, they used to have guns that only would work with low-pressure regs, but now most guns can run on high-pressure regs, so it doesn't matter as much anymore. Um, so you're gonna have, you're gonna need a tank. Then you're gonna, your hopper is what loads your paintballs into your paintball gun. Um, hoppers are gonna run you. For a good one, one twenty to eighty dollars, and then your paintball marker. There's two major styles of markers you could get. There's a poppet valve and a spool valve. Excuse me. Spool valves are usually um, enclosed, whereas poppet valves have um, an open bolt that you can see cycling back and forth. Um, Poppet valves are usually easier to disassemble and clean, but now they're making spool valves with a toolless bolt design. So some um, some of them even have where the gun is still pressurized. You can just whip out the bolt. Um, you know, if you cut an O-ring or busted an O-ring, you can just slap a new one on and then throw it back in and keep going. So now it's not there's not much difference between them because of all the technological advances. Some say... Spool valves have a quieter shot or smoother, you know, or poppets shoot a little faster, whatever. But now spool valves are, they can shoot just as fast. So it's kind of a toss-up when it comes to guns. But if, if you're looking for a professional paintball marker, that's going to be about $1,500. Um, you can get a very decent high-level marker for six to $800. Um, a low-range marker is probably the $100 to $300 range. Mid-range is like $300 to $500, and then the high level is $500 plus. 
So you're gonna need all those, and then you will have to have a barrel sock, also known as barrel condom, um, to put over your barrel when your gun is not in use to make sure that you can't accidentally shoot somebody. And then you're gonna need a mask. Good mask will run you 120 to 80 dollars. Um, so for your entire setup, you're looking close to two thousand dollars. And then you're going to need your jersey and pants. Those are going to run you $200. Gloves, cleats. So if you're looking for a whole professional setup, you're probably looking at $2,500. All right. Thank you very much, Isaac. Thanks for that paintball report. We always appreciate hearing about the, the different sports going on in our world. Thank you very much, Isaac. Have a good night. Yep, you're welcome. Night. <clears throat> good night, Isaac this time we would like to introduce another special guest we have on the show with us today, that being one Ori Tomford of New Ulm, Minnesota. Ori is here to talk a little bit about sports with us, to show off his extensive knowledge of sports subjects. Uh, welcome, Ori. Welcome to the show. Hello, James. It's good to meet you today. Yes, you too, Ori. Um, what are your thoughts about the college football playoff at this point? Well, I'm, I'm really rooting for Alabama because, well, I went there. Um, I visited there last spring, and, uh, well, it's really a pathos argument for me. Um, it's not really anything I know, and it's not because of uh, any thoughts I have towards them, but, you know, just me being there personally really just, uh, makes me feel like, I'm, you know, roll tide, you know? Roll tide indeed, Ori. Um, how, have you watched any Alabama games this year? No, I have not. Do you know what colors their mascot or their, their school is? I believe yellow and orange. That is incorrect. I think that's <laughs> yellow and that'd be a terrible combination anyways. Um, well, anyways, uh, how do you see it, the uh, college football playoff uh, playing out this year? Who's got the upper hand in your opinion? I think Alabama really has upper hand here in this uh, these matchups in the following weeks. Any reasons for that, Ori? Why, oh, yes. Their quarterback is uh, quite uh, really dominant. <laughs> And, uh, well, their uh, wide receivers are also very, uh, well, they have sticky hands, wouldn't mind say. <laughs> How does their defense look for you this year, Ori? Well, that's a little weak. Um, it's, it's, a little, it's a little something to be hoped for, I think, uh, that they improve in the next week. I think I was thinking of writing a letter to the head coach about that and um, asking him to practice their defense a bit more. Do you know the name of the head coach? Do you? <laughs> yes. Oh. So you don't. Nick Saban. <laughs> yes, you're very smart. Um, one final thing. Uh, how do you think uh, the special teams of Alabama will uh, make a difference in the upcoming college football playoff? Well, I predict they will play a key part because I predict a uh, tie um, <laughs> by the third quarter of every game. And I think uh, the onside kick is really going to be the key factor in their game. So I think that... Uh, the onside kick is going to come through and really save Alabama. The always, always important onside kick. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is Ori Tomford here showing us how to do a sports talk <laughs> on the radio. Thanks for being here, Ori. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks for letting me be here, James. Good night. Good night, Ori. Well, now I think I'm finally going to get to talk about my sort of area of expertise here. That, of course, as you all know is not football or or hockey, especially not hockey, but baseball, America's national pastime, I might add. 
Well, it's the uh, the winter meetings right now in the world of baseball, and the team that has made the biggest splash so far is the Chicago White Sox, who today made a trade with Oakland to pick up Jeff Samarja, a starting pitcher, and signed the free agent closer, um, David Robertson. Um, that going along with their signing earlier this offseason of first baseman or DH Adam LaRoche, they are certainly starting to put together uh, an impressive team, to say the least, uh, when you consider that they'll have a, a, a duo at the start of their rotation with Chris Sale and Jeff Samarja. That's going to be tough to beat with... Uh, David Robertson closing it down, and Jose and Abreu and Adam LaRoche uh, adding some pop in the middle of the lineup with some young players like Avisael Garcia. They're certainly looking like a team that could be very much improved in this next year. Uh, the thing that everyone is waiting for is where John Lester decides to sign. And I have heard that he has narrowed it down to the Chicago Cubs and the San Francisco Giants. So both of those teams would be uh, very happy to get him. I'm sure the Cubs, with all their great prospects, could use a starting pitcher to help them out, and the Giants would be very happy to have that combination of Madison Bumgarner and John Lester, a couple of the best left-handed pitchers in the in the uh, league at the start of their rotation. And once John Lester signs, then I think we'll start to see all the other free agent pitchers like James Shields and Max Scherzer. Uh, they'll start to sign then once that is done. Other than that, the Twins have signed, re-signed Torrey Hunter and brought him back, making an already... I don't like to criticize uh, decisions that people make in baseball because they know more than I do, but it seems to me that the Twins, their offense was good last year, but their defense was really bad, bad especially their outfield defense. And Torrey Hunter, although he used to be a fantastic defensive outfielder, is now perhaps the worst defensive outfielder in the league. Uh, it seems to me bringing him back is really going to hurt their defense and their pitching staff as well. But on the other side of the coin, they do have a lot of young players that I think they're hoping Torrey Hunter will will uh, help mature and, and speed up their, their process of becoming major league players. Well, I think that's about all I have today. I'd like to thank all of you for listening, as always, our true fans. I'd like to thank Luke and John for giving me this opportunity. I'd like to thank Ori and Isaac for coming and uh, definitely giving us some insightful things to think about. Um, and I'm I'm sorry, folks. I'm just sorry. That's all I have to say. Um, yep. Uh, be sure to tune in next week. I think John and Luke will both be back on. And, and who knows about Ori and Isaac. They, they might pop up as well. Uh, but other than that, have a good week, folks. <laughs>